Welcome to the Dr. John Day Show, a cardiologist's guide to real food, real living, and real happiness. Are you struggling with losing weight, fatigue, depression, or conditions that have you on medications? Is your health good, but heart disease or cancer run in your family? Most medical conditions are reversible or preventable. There is a better way to live. Let Dr. Day help you to feel younger today. Hi, this is Dr. John Day. I have a quick disclosure my lawyer wants me to do before we start the show. On this show, I share general information, not medical advice. I am not your doctor. And do not self-diagnose or treat based on anything you hear on this show. Now that we're done with the disclosure, let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. John Day. Welcome to episode number 28, How to Prevent Weight Gain After Eating a Big Meal or junk food. What should you do if you just ate way too much? Most of us then follow this unhealthy behavior with yet another unhealthy behavior, namely sitting. In our Western culture, we were often taught to rest after a meal to allow the body a chance to digest the food. Could this actually be the wrong advice? The Chinese have a famous saying, Take 100 steps after eating and live to 99. Or, fan hou, bai bu zou, huo dao, jiu shi jiu. This concept of going for a walk after eating is part of Chinese culture and helps to explain why obesity rates are so much lower in Asia. My study of the Chinese language and travel to China for cardiac conference lectures over the last 28 years finally led me to discover China's Longevity Village, where people live exceptionally long, healthy lives. In this village, we noticed that people regularly took walks after eating. This prompted my curiosity about the potential health benefits, and I began to research the science behind it. Let me talk about glucose and insulin spikes. One of the primary hormones involved in hunger and weight gain is insulin. When we eat the simple carbs, and these are the carbs that we all love, such as healthy whole wheat bread, processed foods, cereals, pasta, crackers, white rice, fruit juice, sports drinks, soda pop, pastries, sugar, etc. You know what I'm talking about. It causes a spike in our blood glucose. The blood sugar spike from these simple carbs, or what I like to call the hunger carbs, then leads to a spike in insulin. Well, there is a vicious cycle. We eat the simple carbs, we get high blood glucose, which then prompts a release of insulin, and then once the insulin is in our body, it then leads to more hunger and weight gain. So, when insulin levels are coursing through our blood from overeating or eating the hunger carbs, such as the junk food, it then causes our fat cells to grow and multiply by taking up all of the excess glucose. Insulin is what causes our cells to pull the glucose out of the blood. Once this happens, blood glucose levels drop, and guess what? We're hungry again. If you ask someone you know with diabetes who might be taking insulin, they will likely tell you that they gained weight after going on insulin. Insulin is the critical hormone for making fat, 
hence weight gain, and it plays a powerful role in driving us to eat more. Clearly, the goal is to keep our glucose and insulin levels as low as possible without any drugs. Of course, the best way to prevent this in the first place is to not overeat or eat the hunger carbs. While carbs have been demonized recently in many of the popular health books, healthy carbs, such as those found in fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, and lentils, are an important part of a healthy diet and in preventing disease. These healthy carbs, or filling carbs, don't result in a big sugar rise as they are slowly digested from all the fiber they contain in our gut. Also, some whole grains, such as quinoa and brown rice, can also be an important source of healthy carbs in our diet. When we get into trouble is when whole wheat is turned into flour. This flour, even if it's from healthy whole wheat, results in rapid digestion. To the body, whole wheat flour is really just whole sugar. If you enjoy bread, like I do, try eating breads like Ezekiel or other brands of flourless bread. Flourless breads are filling carbohydrates as they are slowly absorbed and don't result in the big sugar and insulin surges. Well, what should I do? If I slip up and overeat or give in to temptation and eat the hunger carbs, if you slip up and overeat or give in to junk food, hey, and, you know, let me just point this out. This is normal. Don't give up. Don't beat yourself up. Don't say, I'm going to stop eating healthy because I messed up this once. This is normal. What I recommend is following the advice of the Chinese and go for a nice long walk as soon as you finish eating, especially if you ate too much or ate the wrong foods, ate too many of these simple carbs. This can help to minimize the damage. So what is the physiologic basis for walking after a meal? After a big meal or eating junk food, we get a big surge of glucose or sugar in our blood. When this happens, we can either wait for our body to bring down these toxic levels of blood sugar with insulin, or we can quickly drop our own blood sugar levels with exercise. Our muscles need glucose to function. When we exercise or go for a walk, the large muscles in our legs quickly extract the sugar from our bloodstream. When this happens, it prevents the insulin spikes and steals the sugar from going into the fat cells. Let's talk a, a little bit now about glucose storage in muscle. Glucose is stored in muscle as glycogen. As we need glucose when exercising, that's what our muscles need when we're exercising. That gives the, most, the, the fastest source of energy. The body can store about 90 minutes of exercise fuel which is stored as glycogen in the muscles. This roughly translates to about 2,000 calories. So you can pump about 2,000 calories worth of glucose into the muscles at any one time. When our glycogen fuel tanks are full in our muscles, the excess glucose has to go somewhere else. However, if we can deplete these glycogen fuel tanks right after a meal, then there is a place other than making body fat for any excess glucose from a meal to go. Well, this begs a question. Does taking a walk after eating really work? 
In a fascinating study, Dr. Loretta Di Pietro from George Washington University showed that in a group of diabetic patients, a brisk 15-minute walk after each meal could prevent blood glucose spikes. And if you would like to read about this study and and dive in a little bit deeper, please go to my website at drjohnday.com and you can follow the link by clicking on blog number 28. Moreover, these three 15-minute walks after each meal were shown to be much more effective than a single 45-minute walk. The principle is the same for us. Walk after a meal to prevent blood glucose and insulin rises. If we can keep our blood sugar and insulin as low as possible naturally, without any medications, we can prevent insulin from causing weight gain. We can then put the excess glucose from a big meal or junk food into our muscles where, you know, that's a great place to put glucose instead of our bellies as fat. So let's talk now about the timing of meals and exercise to weight gain. The concept of taking a walk after eating brings up another question. Does it matter when we eat or exercise with respect to weight gain? If you're like me, you were probably taught to never eat before working out. While most of us have probably experienced the stomach cramps that come with exercising on a full stomach, could it, po- could it be possible to moderately eat before exercising as a way to keep your weight in check? After all, elite endurance athletes eat during all-day-long endurance competitions, and they seem to be able to do so without problems. One attractive feature to exercising after eating is that you can prevent the glucose and insulin spike. Without the glucose and insulin spike, we can help to prevent our fat cells from growing. While there are not much data on this intriguing approach in humans, very recent studies in rats uh, suggest that exercising after eating can have a powerful weight loss. Not only did the rats who exercised after eating lose weight, but they also gained more muscle mass. Could exercising after we eat grow our muscles rather than our bellies? You know, that's, a, that's certainly an, an interesting question. And if you'd like to read more about the study in, in rats where they were able to prevent weight gain and promote muscle gain, by exercising after eating, go to my website, drjohnday.com, click on blog number 28, and there is a link to these studies. Certainly, exercising or going for a walk after eating is not a license to eat whatever you want. Unfortunately, it just does not work that way. You simply cannot out-train a bad diet. In the end, for most people, a diet that is poor will eventually wreck your health, regardless of how much you exercise, just like it it did to me. Based on these data and the teachings of the Chinese, I now try to walk or do something physical after most meals. Could the Chinese be right after all? Could a walk after eating be just what you need to prevent weight gain? And just to refresh your memory, the the Chinese famous saying is, take 100 steps after eating and live to 99.
very, very profound advice, and, and there's some fascinating science behind this. So what one habit will you change to help get you moving more after you eat? Write it down. Try it for one week and document how you feel. Please share what works for you. Leave me a comment on my website, drjohnday.com, and let me know what works for you. Together, we can lift one another in our common quest to navigate the challenges of the society and take back our power to live well. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Dr. John Day Show. Now is the time for you to live better. Go to drjohnday.com to sign up for Dr. Day's newsletter, daily success tools, and more. It's never too late to change. 